Hi there, Quest for You fans. It is episode 514. Welcome back. I decided to tackle a difficult topic today. Anger. When I first thought about making this an episode topic, I didn't think it would be so hard. I mean, come on. Anger. Just an emotion. Not acceptable. Not okay. But then I started reading about anger. And now I realize anger is not an easy emotion. It's easy to get upset about an angry person. It's easy to blame them for our pain. It's easy to dismiss such a person. I've done all of the above. But it's much harder to try to understand what an angry person is going through. And that I've done very little of. I recently had an encounter with an angry person and that prompted my interest in this topic. And this is something else I learned in my research. Just because I don't explode and show the obvious signs of anger doesn't mean I don't get angry. Anger has many degrees, so I learned. It can range from mild irritation to frustration all the way up to seething rage. One article I read even classified boredom as a mild version of anger because it's a form of dissatisfaction with what is happening. This episode is for all of us. We all get angry from time to time and we all have to deal with angry people, sometimes more than we wish. Anger is an emotion. I find it often quite interesting that the people that get angry are the biggest opponents of the getting emotional type of behaviors. When getting angry is actually getting quite emotional. But I digress. What I meant to say here is, being emotional is not just crying and whining and being jealous. Any expression of an emotion, including anger and rage, means we are showing our emotions. And that in itself should never be downplayed. We are all emotional beings and it's normal to show our emotions. So if you've been told that being emotional is a weakness, I challenge you to think it through today and maybe I can change your perception. We are all emotional and even the people that consider themselves in control of themselves or stoic as that is the term often used to describe a lack of emotions. These people also show their emotions and quite often their emotion of choice is anger. Why? Because anger is an emotion that is triggered by other, often suppressed emotions. One article calls anger a secondary emotion. So in order to address anger, we cannot start with anger itself. We need to understand what emotions drive the anger. Primary emotions, like fear or sadness, can often be found underneath the anger. Fear includes feelings like anxiety and worry and sadness. These come from the experience of loss, disappointment or discouragement. But there are other feelings that are not as strong that can still lead to anger. Stress and exhaustion, for example. These resonate with me because I know my fuse gets shorter when I'm tired or stressed out about something. My answers get shorter and I have a lower tolerance for challenging people or situations. Other emotions that can lead to anger include feeling embarrassed, frustrated, attacked, guilty, disappointed, uncomfortable in some way, worried or offended. Some of these feelings don't trigger anger for me, but, but they may do so for you. 
we all have our degrees of anger. I like this quote from Deepak Chopra. If you try to get rid of fear and anger without knowing their meaning, they will grow stronger and return. We probably all agree that anger is not a pleasant emotion. Angry people cause me to either shut down completely or get angry just like them. For the recipient of anger, it's a very difficult emotion to deal with. But it's not much easier for the person handing it out. It often results in regret and shame, knowing that this wasn't the most effective way to deal with an issue. To me, anger may be understandable, but that doesn't mean it's acceptable. And that includes when I was angry. I'm not happy with myself afterwards. Anger is a sign of a problem that needs to be addressed. Anger happens, but it cannot happen repeatedly over the same issues. Because this means that the underlying problems are not being tackled. When we are consistently angry in similar situations or with the same topics, then it's time to figure out the emotion underlying and causing the anger. Because if not addressed, as Deepak Chopra said, the anger and frustration will only get worse. If it's our anger, we have to understand the meaning of it. If it's someone else's anger, we have to help them understand that they need to find the meaning of it. We know already this much. All primary feelings can be quite uncomfortable because we feel out of control. Fear, sadness, embarrassment. We don't want others to notice that we feel this way. So we try to hide our vulnerability and that means we push those feelings into the background. But, and as Susan David, author of the book Emotional Agility, says... Our raw feelings can be the messengers we need to teach us things about ourselves and can prompt insights into important life directions. And this is where our work begins. Learning to recognize anger as a protector of our raw feelings can be helpful in detecting the real issue. To me, anger is almost always a sign of need. It might be a need to be seen, heard, or validated. It could be a need for space, quiet, time. Sometimes we need more certainty or clarity. Often we just want to know that we are loved and accepted. Anger can also be a sign of an unresolved grief or a fear of a certain outcome. By identifying the primary emotion, we can then determine the best course of action to resolve the problem. For this to happen, we need to create a gap between the feeling and the reaction to the feeling. This sounds harder than it is. This gap really is just a pause that may take some practice because it requires that we catch ourselves getting angry. I think we all notice somehow that anger isn't the right response. But that awareness comes often after the fact and we just don't know what to do about it. So then we forget about it until next time when it catches us off guard again. The shift from a primary emotion like fear or sadness into anger mode is typically quite fast and unconscious. I call it an impulsive response and it can seem like something we will never be able to control. And the more of a habit it is for you to be angry, the longer it may actually take to create that gap and become aware. But remember, it starts with that awareness, even if that awareness happens after the fact. 
slowly we will get better at catching it. Whether we notice it prior or afterwards, we should always try to look within to see what the need is. In fact, I often ask myself this question when I notice difficult emotions within me. What is it that I need? What's bothering me? Why do I feel this way? Start by exploring your thoughts, as those are what fuel all emotions. My thoughts prior to anger are often centered on some sort of dissatisfaction. There are expectations that haven't been met. When I am able to identify those expectations, I often quickly realize how unreasonable they are, which then helps me to fuse my anger. Pause for a moment to check in with yourself and see if you can identify the primary emotion driving your anger. If you are the recipient of anger, here is my advice. Don't engage with an angry person. The best way to help that person reflect on his or her anger is to be quiet. If the anger crosses your boundaries, be sure to establish them. For example, when someone insults me, as often happens with an angry person, I will not allow this and I will not be quiet, but I will say so. I usually make just a very quick and short statement with a sincere request to please not be insulted anymore. But I will not engage with the topic of the anger. I will set the boundary and then I will be quiet. If my request doesn't get honored, I may walk away. Because if I'm not quiet or walk away, then it becomes very hard for me to control my emotions and soon I will find myself angry as well. Anger is very contagious. Reasoning with an angry person also doesn't help. Don't even try to say, calm down, because it will only make the other person feel worse. They are already not having their needs met. By telling them to calm down, we're only giving them another cold shoulder. It takes courage and emotional stability to stand by an angry person and not take their anger personal. It's not a skill I have mastered, but if you can do it, kudos to you. Maybe it's easier with a partner whom you are emotionally connected with. It requires a lot of compassion and selflessness to try to understand and distance yourself from your partner's anger. To communicate that you understand their feelings and maybe even try to validate them. Because the easiest reaction to anger is to become defensive. I would bet most of us resort to that because it's normal. But if we as the recipient, also can create a small gap between receiving the anger and then reacting to it. We may inject, say, some curiosity into that gap by asking questions. Wow, this person is angry. Why is that? What is it that triggered them so severely? It's not about feeling sorry for them, but it's trying to understand them. And at the same time, this understanding will help us temper our own reaction to the anger. I always consider the fact that I have some responsibility in the other person's anger. While it is their decision to respond this way, I still somehow feel responsible for how the other person feels. Maybe I was ignorant, maybe I was insensitive, whatever it may be. While I am not taking all responsibility and carry all the burden, I feel it's important to reflect on the part that we may have played and that contributed to the anger of the other person. 
My climbing partner tends to get angry when I make mistakes on things I should already know, things he taught me. And it took me a long time to realize that justifying my mistakes only makes things worse. I believe he feels let down by my inability to remember basic things that he taught me. So I've started to change my response to becoming quiet, acknowledging the mistake and leaving it at that. And actually, just yesterday we talked about this very thing. He has a need that's not met, that's causing him this anger. So instead of focusing on the anger, remember it's a secondary emotion, we discussed the expectation underlying the anger and we agreed on a plan going forward. That's often all we have to do, even if we are sometimes accused unjustly. To validate the other person and, and avoiding any escalation, it's best to surrender in the moment. And later, when the anger subsides, a conversation may be possible. When the need that wasn't met should be discussed to see if you can come to an agreement. And it may not always be possible to reach a consensus. If it's something that is very important, then maybe the resolution is to part ways. But repeated anger should not be tolerated over the same issues. Try to find the underlying need. Address it if possible, and if not, maybe it's time to part ways. I believe that once the actual need is uncovered, it can often be easily addressed when both people are willing to compromise. And this compromise may become easier after you listen to the next couple of paragraphs from poet David White on anger. These have really helped me shift how I view anger, especially when directed at me. What we have named as anger on the surface is the violent outer response to our own inner powerlessness. A powerlessness connected to such a profound sense of rawness and care that it can find no proper outer body or identity or voice or way of life to hold it. What we call anger is often simply the unwillingness to lift the full measure of our fears or of our not knowing. In the face of our love for a wife, in the depth of our caring for a son, in our wanting the best, in the face of simply being alive and loving those with whom we live. Anger, truly felt at its center, is the essential living flame of being fully alive and fully here. It's a quality to be followed to its source, to be prized, to be tended, and an invitation to finding a way to bring that source fully into the world through making the mind clearer and more generous, the heart more compassionate, and the body larger and strong enough to hold it. What we call anger on the surface only serves to define its true underlying quality by being a complete but absolute mirror opposite of its true internal essence. A quality to be followed to its source. Follow it, my friends. Learn what it is teaching you about yourself. Find out what it is that you need and address it. Because anger often leaves a lot of damage in its path. When it's really just an outcry for help. Answer that cry if it comes from within you. Find the help you need so that the other people in your life are not hurt by your anger. 
much love.